the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD, I also hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a a master of the laws of taxation and a master of the laws of intellectual property. And because of my education, my training, my experiences, my life's observations, and my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation, preservation, and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. And again, I practice this area of law because it's so fascinating where it leads. <laughs> it intersects with just about every other aspect of the law, every other area of the law, including probate and family law, big time real estate law. And it also intersects or causes to bring to the fore individuals and entities on just about every rung of the economic food chain, uh, because its ultimate goal is to help the honest but unfortunate individual or business dig themselves or itself out of a financial hole that has or would otherwise totally disrupt and devastate the lives of the individuals behind these small businesses and the families that compose these um, entities that need help from the federal bankruptcy court. Now, I also practice some of the related fields in my overall consumer and small business financial practice, including debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these areas of law as my reference points, that is to say that as they relate to the personal, familial, community, and small business aspects of finance, I've spent the greater part of the last 40 years. I was just in um, <laughs> an infant when I started, both before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women and people and communities of color, including indigenous people. And because I grew up as a military brat, 
my dad was in the army (laughs) and I also helped create another military brat with my former spouse who was also in the army. I have firsthand knowledge of just how hard it can be sometimes financially and economically for our citizen soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital-based economic system, especially after these individuals and their families separate from the service. As such, I proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military. Speaking of uh, this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. And as I also had the great fortune to not only know, but spend a lot of time with, and I actually became great friends with both my maternal and paternal grandmothers both of whom survived what I describe are the four great economic challenges of the past century. That is to say, they not only survived, but thrived uh, in the area of the Great Depression, the privations of World War II, and the systemic racism and misogyny that unfortunately continues through and through our society today. And because these women helped raise me and they always loved me and shared with me the great stories of their grandparents who loved and raised them in the post-Reconstruction Jim Crow South. It is out of my great love and respect for these women who are always with me along with my wonderful dad, military veteran past, who he's always with me in spirit, along with my grannies, urging me on to do the right thing, that when the situation is right, I am sometimes able at least to attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors and those who are disabled, who find themselves the targets of, and unfortunately more and more the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of adult and elder financial abuse including neglect, which people don't realize, um, that you could ever imagine that seems to be running rampant in our society today. So the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money, and more probably than not these days, the lack thereof, or at least an insignificant amount or insufficient amount thereof that you need uh, to be able to manage your day-to-day expenses as such, you know, We're going to focus on your overall finances and what you need to consider to protect or reclaim or rehabilitate your or your families or your small businesses, financial health, wealth and money related well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening education forum. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show doesn't provide any legal advice nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help I believe you need if you're having a legal issue that intersects with your assets, your finances, or your debt. So today I want to talk about something that might seem like an oxymoron. Uh, That is to say, what are the wealth creating mechanisms that any of us can utilize concerning the bankruptcy process? 
Now, when I talk about bankruptcy, people generally think that it's something that you want to stay away from. It's terrible. You'll do all kinds of things to avoid bankruptcy. Um, But bankruptcy, as I share with you from week to week, is a reclamation process where the goal is to help individuals dig themselves out of a financial hole. And so because I mostly represent debtors, I'm always in kind of like a defensive, at the same time, offensive. And sometimes I can be quite offensive (laughs) to the other side, although that's not my necessarily my intent. But the but you're reacting to uh, a situation uh, that seems to be undermining the financial viability of your business or your family. And so you in helping my clients in this mode, it's always what is alternate A, B, C and D? How do we deal with this uh, particular creditor who's wants this, that, and the other thing. And do we have anything that we can fight back against that creditor to show that his or her claim uh, is unjust or they're overreaching? So I, I tell folks that, you know, sometimes as a lawyer, I take on the mantle of a lady knight in armor. As you know, knights have swords, And they also have shields. And so they use the sword to, you know, vanquish the enemy. And I'm using this metaphorically because I'm not a violent person. But they also have a shield. That is to say, it's kind of like the Starship Enterprises shield that comes up and protects the ship from the Klingons. So the shield that I would use would be uh, a metaphor for helping um, keep my client out of the reach of his or her creditors who might be doing something untoward. So that's one aspect of, of, of bankruptcy. That is to help the debtor basically be able to come up with a plan of reorganization or liquidate, you know, and, and move on to the next phase of life with a discharge of all the debt. Um, but what, about um, situations where you could buy assets out of bankruptcy to enhance your wealth as a person that's not in the bankruptcy itself, per se. Uh, Because part of the process of bankruptcy is to liquidate some or all of the debtor's assets, if needs be, especially if they, um, the debtor is not able to pay them, pay for them. And what I mean by that, sometimes debtors have to liquidate, um, sell their houses because they um, don't have the ability to maintain the mortgage. And so individuals come in to the bankruptcy via an auction uh, where uh, the trustee who would be acting as the liquidating agent on behalf of the bankruptcy estate appointed by the bankruptcy court to get bids on a piece of property um, that might be sold um, by the court to pay off the debtor's um, debt, some or all of it, and return to the debtor um, their exemption. They're part of that asset that they're entitled to by the the law of the state that they're living in or by the laws of the uh, federal bankruptcy uh, process. 
And so I, you know, wonder why more and more women and people of color are not involved in that process. And so I thought I would use today to, you know, just broach the subject that, yes, it's 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 terrible for someone to lose their business or their business's assets. But on the other side of it, there is this recycling um, aspect of bankruptcy that I want to make sure that we, especially those of us who come from communities of color and those of us who are women who need to find ways to enhance our wealth so that we can, you know, maybe have a retirement fund or we have the ability to buy an asset to raise our children in or we have the ability to buy um, uh, an asset maybe that we don't want to live in, but we could rent out. And so we need to expand our minds and expand our horizons and look at the totality of the circumstances. But before I delve into that, I want to take a moment to, um, I don't think uh, (laughs) you should be surprised that I'm a big fan of uh, veterans, of soldiers I mean, I've shared with you in the past that my dad, uh, being in the Army, um, made it such that I grew up in a middle-class environment where many uh, Black and brown people are looked on, you know, as the underclass. So I have nothing but respect and admiration for soldiers, sailors, airmen, and women and Marines. And so I want to take this opportunity uh, at the beginning of uh, our Veterans, or not Veterans Day, Memorial Day weekend to kind of like explain the difference between Veterans Day and Memorial Day. So the Memorial Day, this year will fall on Monday, May 29th, because it's always the last Monday in May. Memorial Day uh, commemorates all men and women who have died in the U.S. military uh, in, in service of their country. And it's not to be confused with Veterans Day, which celebrates the service of U.S. military veterans, or with Armed Forces Day, which honors men and women who are currently in the service. Memorial Day began a few uh, years after the Civil War in 1868. An organization of Union veterans established the holiday, then known as Decoration Day as it was the time to decorate the graves of fallen soldiers with flowers. From then until the present date, the solemn holiday has been formally observed at Arlington National Cemetery in Washington, D.C. In the year 2000, Congress passed the National Moment to Remembrance Act, National Moment of Remembrance Act, which encourages Americans to observe a moment of silence at 3 p.m. local time to remember those who have died in service, in service of us and our country. So I just wanted to take that moment to let all veterans know that we care about you, especially those of us who've gone to the great beyond like my dad. And so I uh, just wanted to share that with you. So when we come back, we'll get into our discussion about how we can use the bankruptcy process as a wealth creation tool, especially for those of us who have limited knowledge about its ability for us to buy assets at a discount. 
But first, we're going to take a short break and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As we continue our discussion on how and why the bankruptcy process should be considered a wealth building tool under the appropriate circumstances. Now, I know many of you out there listening to me have a little pang of guilt or think you would have a little pang of guilt if you engage in the bankruptcy process to buy an asset of a business or family that was in bankruptcy. It's like, you know, you feel like you're contributing to their being unhoused, for example. But you really should consider this. Sometimes buying the asset will help create a pool of funds that can be used by uh, that uh, debtor to have a fresh start. Or if they have assets that are, if it's a business and they have assets that are not performing, you actually might be assisting that business in the, um, what I call the reclamation process or giving it, it the funds to, um, you know, get on with the next phase of the business development or think of it another way. You might be taking the burden of carrying that non-performing asset off the balance sheet of the business such that it can get on with it. For example, you know, there's, um, Retail businesses that are in the news that have filed for bankruptcy, and it might just be that, uh, say, this retail chain had 50 stores and uh, it had borrowed money to try to keep them going and the businesses just weren't uh, generating the income to carry uh, all the locations. So the business goes into bankruptcy to stop all the lawsuits from vendors and everybody who's trying to basically tear it apart piece by piece, or maybe just a couple or one uh, uh, entity is, is suing it. So maybe a better structure in the current environment is instead of having 50 retail stores, maybe they only need 10 or 15. So ha- the bankruptcy process would allow... Um, uh, another business to buy the location. So, you know, we talked a few weeks about banks and how the FDIC uh, allowed an entity uh, to buy um, uh, Silicon Valley banks assets. So that wasn't a bankruptcy per se, but the receivership process is the same. That is where, where sometimes businesses that can no longer sustain themselves need to be liquidated um, and others that might be able to sustain themselves with a smaller footprint need assistance in getting those assets that are not performing off their books. So that's how I, I put this in context and how we need to think about it. And some instances, um, you know, p- individuals have assets that they can, can no longer sustain because they can't pay the mortgage for um, um, one or more of their their real pieces of real estate, 
or they can't um, sustain uh, automobiles that might be, uh, they might own completely, but they might not have the ability to keep them maintained. And it's so, uh, uh, um, it's a public, but it's a very um, lawful way to remove non-performing assets off the books or to increase uh, money to help uh, an entity either um, reorganize itself and, and move on in a new format or to uh, provide the uh, the debtor with some source of funding and in the meantime pay off those creditors uh, according to a uh, waterfall um, a hierarchy so you know firstly we need to both we need to all agree that bankruptcy can be be legitimately used for saving and protecting assets that are in jeopardy of being lost to an individual or families or small businesses, secured priority or unsecured creditors. That function serves to preserve the current value of the asset uh, that can be retained by the debtor as well as its appreciation. For example, there is a process uh, in bankruptcy known as lien stripping, and that would be where um, maybe an asset that has value today of $100,000, but it might be mortgaged for $200,000. And so what do I mean? There might be an, an accumulation of individual liens on it making up um, uh, that additional $100,000 of which there's no value to attach. Well, as part of the bankruptcy process, if your home was underwater the way many people's homes were back in, you know, 2008, 2009, and 2010, I used to do a lot of lien stripping where there would be a second mortgage and the house was only worth 100 and there would be second mortgages that were over and above the 100,000. There's a process in bankruptcy known as lien stripping. And so it gets rid of um, mortgages that exceed the fair market value of the property. Same thing for taxes, same thing for vehicles that have a value of 200, say uh, it, it, the, the car is worth $2,000 uh, in today's market, but there's um, liens <laughs> of substantially more than that. And so you have the ability to um, deal with underwater uh, taxes and vehicle appreciation and same for student loans. So, but the other thing is bankruptcy can be used legitimately to eliminate or lower um, the tiered debt and eliminate that part of the debt and leave more savings for future opportunities. And one of the best examples of how that happens is, you know, there's a priority of payment and the priority is administrative expenses for trustees go, they get the first crack at debt uh, uh, and then there's secured debt and then priority debt are for taxes that are relatively new and then general unsecured debt is at the bottom rung. And sometimes using bankruptcy, one is able to eliminate some or all of their unsecured debt and get on with just having to pay the secured debt and the priority debt. Um, third and finally, some of 
I find the most fascinating is individuals, families, and small business owners, again, who don't consider the fact that bankruptcy can be legitimately used as an opportunity to buy assets or entities in bankruptcy, usually at a substantial discount, giving the acquirer the opportunity to reap the appreciation of the asset once um, the the entity gets back online. And so a good example that I'm, I'm going to share with you when we get together next time is Johnson Publication Company, the model that it went through bankruptcy. Uh, it filed for bankruptcy in 2019. And so I'm going to share with you how uh, in, individuals bought that company at a $17 million discount. But we're going to leave it there for now. But as always in closing here on Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law and using the laws of our United States Constitution, the bankruptcy code and bankruptcy courts to enhance our financial viability where possible. So till next time, take care and let's all have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend as we give tribute to our fallen troops. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.